Welcome to the Tabletop Sportcast, your home for all things tabletop sports. I'm James Cast, and this is episode 66. Today we'll be looking at my top five tabletop basketball games. Connect with the podcast on Facebook or email. If you want to support the podcast, head over to patreon.com backslash tabletop sportcast. Of course, the best way to support the podcast is to tell your friends about the podcast and subscribe, follow, or give us a five-star rating. Before we get into today's main topic, let's take a look back at the week that was on the tabletop. This past week, I was able to complete 12 gaming sessions, and let's just take a look back at what was completed. Uh, first, we'll start with fast drive football. I was able to get a number of sessions completed, including wrapping up the regular season of my 1990 NFL replay. The final game of the regular season came down to the two top teams of 1990. It was the New York Giants at the San Francisco 49ers, and San Francisco ended up winning that game 21-13, but both teams are still going to win their division and be in the playoffs. I also played the wild card games. So the four wild card games turned out to be in the NFC. Detroit went to Chicago and came away with a win, 21-17 over the Bears. And then Minnesota traveled to Philadelphia and Philadelphia won on their home field 28 to 23 so both those teams will advance and then the AFC the Jets the New York Jets traveled to the Pittsburgh Steelers and fell to the Steelers in Pittsburgh 28-17 and in our final wild card game the Buffalo Bills who ended up losing their division uh, did go to San Diego and came away with the win. So Buffalo will advance in the playoffs. They came away with a 16-7 win over San Diego. So next week I will be playing the divisional games of that 1990 playoff. History Maker Baseball continued the Tom Seaver 1985 Mets What If and had the big moment last week. Uh, start number 24 for Seaver was in Chicago, and the New York Mets came away with a 13 to nothing win. That was Seaver's 300th career win. He pitched a great game. Uh, he actually went the distance, gave up two hits, no earned runs, two walks, and eight strikeouts. He actually had a no-hitter going into the eighth inning. With one out in the eighth inning, Ron Say doubled uh, to break up the no-hitter, uh, and Seaver Got out of that inning and then gave up one more hit in the ninth. So, But he earns his 300th win. Uh, in his second start, well, his 25th start, I should say, uh, New York got the win. Seaver took a no decision. So right now we're going to see how good he can get his record by the end of the season. Uh, and I'm also going to track him against, uh, since he's been playing Ron Darling starts, I'm going to see if the Mets actually perform better with Seaver on the mound than they did with Darling. Right now, it's pretty close. Uh, they've actually um, underperformed with Seaver on the mound versus when Darling was on the mound, so it's going to be pretty tight. 
I continued the 1890s Fight Club with night number two. Uh, we continued to try to play winners against winners and losers against losers. Obviously, a lot of the fighters are falling into the middle there where they've got some wins, some losses, but uh, we are down to just one undefeated boxer now. Uh, it's John R. Johnson, who is now 4-0. He got two more wins on night number two. So he stands atop the standings halfway through our little regional seasonal tour here. Red, white, and blue racing. I was able to complete the Atlanta Motor Speedway 500. That is my third to last race of the season for the 1990 stars. Mark Martin took the lead with four turns to go and ended up getting his fourth win. I think it was third win or fourth win. Third or fourth win for the season. Uh, he also moved into the top spot in the season point lead just ahead of Jeff Burton. So it's going to be a tight race to it down in the final two races. Uh, our final two races will be in Talladega and then Daytona. I restarted my second season project uh, for Barry Sanders. Uh, this is my 1994 Barry Sanders replay. Uh, the reason I restarted is I decided to, instead of just playing the game 100% by hand, I actually went and started using Reggie Bauer's uh, little utility to help you track season statistics. So I went and replayed the Atlanta game uh, for Barry Sanders, Atlanta at Detroit for game one. Detroit came away with the win 27-17. Sanders ended up going 29 rushes for 166 yards and two touchdowns. He also had four catches for 28 yards. So that puts him plus 67 yards for his magical 94 season. And we'll see how well he can do going forward. But I am going to start using Reggie Bowers' um, utility for second season and i'm actually even though i didn't play it at all this week i, I will also be using it to complete my all-time greats uh tournament with uh history maker hockey so i'm gonna probably restart that one as well and finally this week it was soccer blast the 1977 north american soccer league tournament continued it was number 12, St. Louis, visiting number 11, Hawaii. And Hawaii ended up winning on penalty kicks. So the final score of the game was 2-2, two to two, but Hawaii won the game in penalty kicks 5-4. Uh, it went to the sixth penalty kick there. So uh, both teams ended up having uh, players getting two yellows. So at the end of the, you know, for most of the second half, both teams had just 10 players on the field. So it ended up being a little bit more of a wide open game. All right. And that was the week that was. Uh, I will also add another note here that um, this past, just in the last couple of days, decided to email everybody who was doing the 1961 Continental League uh, co op project and uh, basically. Uh, Called that at that point, um, we hadn't seen a whole lot of progress being made over the month of from like April through May. And uh, so uh, with 34 percent of the season complete, we decided I, I decided to just call it at that point. Uh, we'll see if we get any other results trickling in, because I did tell everyone that if they wanted to continue playing a series, I would still record them. But I don't think we'll be seeing much more action there. So. 
that's where we called it. Ended up being Atlanta who won the Continental League. So they came over with the win. Um, Lou Skizas, uh, and you can check out my website to see some of these results, but Lou Skizas ended up winning the batting triple crown. Uh, we got about 27 games in for each, you know, of each of the teams. So he had a pretty good start to the season. And uh, on the pitching side, the top pitcher award went to, um, I'm going to mess up his name now, but it was... So I pull it up earlier. Stover McElwain, who was on Atlanta, uh, he ended up just edging out Jack Urban of New York. Both pitchers put two really good seasons together, but McElwain um, blew Urban away with strikeouts. So we gave McElwain the top pitcher of the year award. Um, he ended up going six and two with 80 strikeouts and a 167 ERA through the first third of the season. All right, and that's the week that was. So let's get into today's main topic. So today I'm going to do a rundown of my top five tabletop basketball games. And I think it's... Fair to say, like I am not a major collector of sports games. I will do a lot of research before buying games, and only certain games are going to make the cut. So most of these games are the ones that have made the cut for me at one point or another. And so it's not going to include every game. And I do have one game that I'm going to give an honorable mention to in a moment. Uh, and and mostly it's because it's a game that I never felt the need to buy, but. I can see the value in it um, from watching from some of the research that I did. So today's top five list really just for my personal needs. And I'll give kind of the reasons for why I've ranked them in the order that I have. So let's start with that honorable mention. And the honorable mention and not in my top five is going to be replay basketball. Now, I've never purchased it. I've never actually played it, which is why I can't put it on my list. Uh, based on my research uh, and, and watching people play it on YouTube or reading about the game and reading other reviews, um, it looks like it's a really solid game. I just didn't feel in the end that for me, it was that different from other games that I already had in my collection. Uh, and that's pretty much how I will operate with buying games. Um, I've done the same thing with baseball. Uh, you've heard me talk about several baseball games that I have, and I haven't gone and purchased every baseball game that's out there because, you know, I've either found through my research that it doesn't, isn't better than, you know, or doesn't offer something that I don't already have in my collection, or it just was too similar to something that I already have in my collection. So that's why I haven't purchased all of these games. Uh, but replay, I think, is a very solid game. Um, and if I were to rank it, it probably would have made my top three. Uh, but again, haven't played it. Uh, that's just based on what I've seen online. So uh, honorable mention to replay basketball. Now, at number five, uh, I'm going to going to mention Downey Games, uh, player of the game basketball. Uh, I purchased this um, back in the early 
20, I would say it's probably mid 2010s. So probably around 2015 or 2016, I believe I had purchased this game uh, when I was getting back into tabletop gaming. Um, it's a solid game. It's it's more of a, a quick play game uh, in my mind, and it will generate some scores, but a little bit feels a little bit derived at times. Um, I, I think some of the calculations used to get to the right number didn't you know feel like they were happening naturally all the time with that game. But if you needed to play something fairly quick uh, and we're looking to just generate stats, I think it can serve the purpose. Um, I had purchased it with the 1986-87 season when I purchased it. So that was one of my uh, go-to seasons uh, for basketball. I think where it falls short for me, uh, and you're going to hear this theme a little bit, but where it falls short for me is that for me, personally, basketball is not a sport where the stats are that important to me. Sure, it's nice to see like the players generating points and rebounds and assists and things like that, but it's not as important as building the drama that, that you can get in a basketball game. So for that purpose, uh, it fell to number five on my list. Still a pretty solid effort, um, a great kind of quick play game, but um, for reasons that you'll hear from some of the other games, that that's why it fell to number five on my list. At number four uh, is a game that I only played a handful of times, and that is the old Avalon Hill basketball strategy. Uh, and we talked touched on this game recently in an interview with John McGinnis. Uh, when we talked about some of the other Avalon Hill strategy games, baseball strategy, football strategy, and basketball strategy. Uh, I, I think of the three, this is the second best in that group of games, with football strategy maybe being the best of the three. Uh, it's it's a great head-to-head game, and uh, it it does allow you to really think as the coach of the game. Uh it has a couple of drawbacks, uh, one being that it's all fictional players, right? You're not really playing with actual players. Uh, there's no way to really recreate an actual basketball season uh, and pl- replay a historical season with this game. Uh, and you also need to play it head to head. So for, I think most of us, uh, we like to play our games solo on the tabletop and a game like basketball strategy, like its other counterparts, become very difficult to play out on your tabletop if you don't have somebody to play with. So it has some serious drawbacks in that space. But for the times when you're looking to just actually sit down and play a game with someone, I think it's a really it's a great head to head game, maybe more so than some of the others are. And I think that's what bumped it up to number four on my list was the fact that so many of these games are not as good head to head um, as as what this one is so i i think for that reason uh it made it to number four now at number three is another fairly unique game uh also by i think avalon hill but sports illustrated in that combination they did a lot of crossover games uh that's march madness uh march madness again can be played head to head but works really well solitaire as a solo game 
and it probably made it to number three for me, mostly because of the fact that it is strictly designed to replay that whole March Madness tournament. Uh, you are rating the teams with more of a range grade, right? They're not going to necessarily generate pure statistics in their replay, but players are rated or graded. I, I really, it's fair to say that they are graded on your basic, like, scholastic grading scale of A to F. Uh, because of that, players will perform within a range. And I and I think because, you know, it has some similarities to some other games that we'll talk about a little bit in a little bit, but uh, the fact that you can grade players and know who the top stars are on the team by those grades uh, makes it a really interesting game to play. It can be played in a group, but it doesn't really feel like a head-to-head game necessarily. It's more designed to be like, hey, you you play you play take this team, I'll take this team. You have a couple of like strategy cards you can play in it, but for the most part, you're kind of recreating a game and and having it unfold. Uh, and the games do play fairly quickly. Um, it's more of a quick play game. Uh, you really are trying to. It's designed to be able to play out in maybe a couple of sessions the entire. Uh, tournament, uh, all 63 games. So you're going to be able to get a quick play version of it. It is college, which is probably what bumped it up to number three for me, because I think for myself, I am much more geared towards the college game than the pro game. So to have something that can recreate those great college tournaments and feel like those rivalries are taking place on the tabletop is a good selling point. Uh, So at number three, is March Madness by, I believe, Avalon Hill, but maybe Sports Illustrated. Sticking with Avalon Hill, and this one is definitely more Sports Illustrated, uh, is another great offering from them, and that is from the Status Pro line, Status Pro Basketball. Uh, I think, you know, we're going to lean in here towards number one here, but this is a very, very good game. And it really only has like one drawback that we'll get to in a little bit. But for me, Status Pro Basketball, like the other Status Pro offerings, is a tremendous solitaire game. Uh, You could play it head to head, but it is much more of a simulator. So it's really designed to simulate a basketball game. Uh, It uses the traditional fact deck that was used, uh, the fast action cards fact deck for uh, the Status Pro games. Uh, It, you know, it, plays really quickly well it feels like it plays quickly but it really is a long game uh it's as you'll notice from most games that are out there in the basketball market it is hard to play a play-by-play simulation game and not have it take at least 90 minutes to complete and this one for me generally takes almost like two hours by the time i'm done with it that being said its ability to recreate scores uh, and player performances is really outstanding. And like the other status pro offerings, just the math that goes behind the scenes to, to make everything work the way it needs to work. Uh, And the fact that you can generate the whole suite of stats, Uh, I can get down to like minutes played fouls, assists, turnovers, block shots, steals, like, Run the whole gambit. You can run, you can track every statistic that you want while you're playing Status Pro Basketball. 
it has a really good fatigue system. Uh, players are rated for the number of uh, basically plays that they can be involved in before they start to tire. But at the same time, they have the Z options, which is another feature that you're going to see in a lot of the Status Pro games. And the Z options sometimes allow you to keep a player out there. Uh, and I was replaying with a, I had done some card rating. Um, and again, it's another game that it's easy to recreate your own sets for. But I created a kind of all-star set. And in one of those games, like I had Larry Bird early on, uh, got the Z effect to basically not get winded. And he ended up having a 60 point game for me. It was just a tremendous like effort that, that he had. And that was like in an all-star type format. Uh, I've also used it to replay some, I was replaying a tournament with just taking some of the great teams and even moving away from like an all-star set and bringing out like actual teams onto the tabletop. Uh, just watching how they interact and and how some of the lesser players would not necessarily put up the shots, right? Like if you were more of the assist guy or were not the main scorer on the team, you're going to generate more passes to try to set up other players. So just it the the feel of the game is really good. Um, it does build drama nicely. The drawback to it is the amount of time that it takes. Uh, it is a solid two-hour game to be able to play it from start to finish. And I usually will, because of the ability to track stats, like that's what I'm doing when I play it, right? I'm trying to track all the stats, which certainly adds to the amount of replay time that it takes. Um, this is probably the game that kept me from buying replay basketball. I will say that too. I already owned Status Pro Basketball. And because of that, uh, replay to me felt very similar in nature to Status Pro Basketball. Um, it might be better. I'm, it's hard for me to say. I think they're very comparable, though. And um, even, even down to like using a fast action deck and uh, just the way that the cards are generated, like everything felt very similar to Status Pro Basketball, which was the biggest reason that I decided not to purchase replay basketball. And, Maybe I missed out. I'm not sure, but um, that's why I thought it deserved honorable mention. And it probably it would have made my top three because of that. I think it would have fallen short of Status Pro, which is why I didn't buy it. Um, but for me, Status Pro was the go to game until recently. And that brings us to the number one game on this list, which is Highlight Maker Hoops by Play Games. Uh, this game just came out recently. You've heard me talk about it here on the podcast. It's a tremendous game, and it's a quicker play game. Uh, I wouldn't call it an instant results game by any means, uh, it, but I can play out a game in 10 to 20 minutes. And when I play out the game, I get the still the feel of the individual players making contributions. I get the feel for how those individual players impact the game, uh, which is why so many people track like the impact points versus the, then all the, versus all the other stats that you would normally get during a basketball game. And it builds the drama that you want to see in a game. And the greatest asset to highlight maker hoops, and there's a couple of them, but the greatest one is the fact that I can probably play six to seven games of highlight maker hoops in the time it would take me to play 
just one game of status pro basketball. So if again, I go back to like that 86, 87 season, I could play the entire NBA finals of the Celtics and Lakers with highlight maker hoops in the amount of time that it would take me to play just game one of that same series with status pro basketball. Now, some of the other advantages to highlight maker hoops is the ability to go out and get the how to guide from play games and recreate any set that I would want. And because of that, there's also been a huge grassroots campaign early on. Remember, haven't they haven't even had like the public release yet of Highlight Maker Hoops, but there's already a major grassroots effort to create the college version of the game. Uh, and I don't think it's necessarily something Play is going to offer themselves, but they have really worked with a few of the community members to help develop what has been the ability to play any of the college teams as well. So when you can get the pros and you can get college in one game, that's a big advantage. So that's another big reason that I think Highlight Maker Hoops for me made it to number one on this list. Now, I think what's going to be interesting is going to be to see where the full version of whether it's called history maker hoops or it's the highlight maker hoops, like full game. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where that stacks up. And I have had a chance to play that a little bit. I did not add it onto this list uh, because I think it's, it's not really released yet. Uh, it should be out later this summer, maybe into the fall from playing it at the convention last year. And I don't know how much the game has developed since then, but I did get a feel for the game being very similar to status pro basketball, but a little quicker game engine uh, while it's on the tabletop. I think the fatigue system that I had seen at that time for the full version of highlight maker hoops was something that I found very interesting and not as mechanical as having to track points for how many plays a player was involved involved in. Uh, and there was a little bit of more fatigue factor thrown in whether, you know, with the whole freshness aspect that's going to be included in that game as well. Then you've got things, and this is another bonus for highlight maker hoops as well, but like you've got coach impacts too. Uh, and not just with strategy cards where you start to bring subjectivity from the person playing the game, but actually a mechanic built into the game that allows the coaches to take part. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see where the full version ranks against status pro basketball and whether it would be my second choice or if it would fall to number three for me. I know both of those will still stay above things like March Madness and basketball strategy and player of the game basketball. I just don't know which one's going to finish out as number two. There are going to be some, there are some drawbacks to these games. Uh, the biggest drawback to highlight maker hoops is if you are into stats, you're not really going to get them from this game. You can't figure out how many points somebody scored or rebounds or steals. You'll get a feel for whether they made one of those big plays. Did they make the big basket at the, at that certain moment? Did they make a big block shot or get a steal? Like all those moments are going to still take place, but you're not going to be able to track those stats. You'll be able to track most of those stats in the full game 
from my understanding. Uh, I do think the one statistic that's going to be missing from the final product, uh, and this is a lot based on what I've heard and what I've seen in like the how-to guide, is they don't really have a way of rating for assists. So that could be one of those things that keeps the full game from edging out status pro basketball. Uh, but like I said, right now, based on my early experiences with the full game, I think it's going to be very close in the end. I do believe that most of the games that I have will be taking the shelf for a while while Highlight Maker Hoops kind of reigns supreme because it fits perfectly with what I'm looking for in a basketball game. Uh, as I mentioned before, statistics aren't as important to me. Yes, there's going to be times I'm going to want to get like a full game out and see if I can recreate somebody uh, and see if they can have like that big game like Larry Bird did with Status Pro Basketball. But for the most part, I don't really care. And because I don't really care about the statistics, the fact that I can play this game pretty quickly is going to be a big advantage for me. I think it's the same thing that has drawn me to second season express by play games over their full game and why fast drive football meets my needs rather than something like status pro football. Because while statistics can be really helpful for some games, most of the time I don't really care about it as much. Uh, the only sport that is really important to me is baseball. Uh, and that's why like, Quick play games for baseball don't do the job for me as much as a full play game that can give me that full stat profile. But for basketball, the quick play is going to be where I really make my turn there. And I think the number of games that I can get on a tabletop in like a two hour session is just going to be hard to beat. So at number one, Highlight Maker Hoops. It probably gets a little bit of bias from newness, right? Like it's the newest thing, so it gets a little bit of bias there. But I think even in a year's time, it's still going to be the number one game on my, on my list for basketball. Okay, that's a wrap on today's show. So uh, I took a look back at that. Uh, I'm not really sure what the next few episodes will be, but you know, I'm going to try to be back next Sunday and bring some more content to you. So I appreciate you continuing to listen and thanks for the support.